Justine Willis-Toms. Today I'm hosting Marie-Rose Fonley. She's the filmmaker and author of the companion book, Talking Story, One Woman's Quest to Preserve Ancient Spiritual Healing Traditions. Marie-Rose, welcome to the cafe. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. Tell me, You've explored and documented in your film some of the richest and most ancient spiritual traditions in the world, such as shamanism, spirit channeling, plant medicine, and divination. What compelled you to document this exploration? Um, you know, I, I I had studied spirituality and new consciousness for a while. Uh, I had a, a, a deep betrayal with one of my teachers in, during the New Age movement. And I just really wanted to go out there and, and touch something that was deep and true and ancient. And so I also in my research discovered that many of these traditions were disappearing. So uh, all of a sudden, it wasn't just a good idea. It was something I really, really thought was necessary to go out there and capture these traditions and these practices before they disappear. So I want to tell our listeners, I mean, that took you to Peru, to the rainforest. It took you, of course, to Hawaii and to the volcanoes and the lava flows and and the Lomi Lomi teachers there. And and it took you to Nepal, mm-hmm. up high, high, high in the Himalayas yes. and uh, some very remote, remote areas. You went to Ladakh yes. uh, to kind of heal yourself <laughs> from the time in Nepal. Exactly. And, and uh, so I just want to give a flavor of all the travels that you made, and I'm, I'm only including a few of them. Yeah. yeah. But um, I want to ask, as as you're doing this, if you're traveling around, what do these practices that you've come across and that you've documented, what do they have to teach us Westerners who are living in a postmodern world? Mm -hmm. Because you're tapping into these ancient practices why should they matter to us? Yeah, I, I think that's a really great question because sometimes when we talk about different cultures, we think, well, we should care. We should care just for diversity or to respect these d- different cultures. But we don't realize that, you know, I, I call that that these traditions or these healing practices are part of our global medicine cabinet. And every time we lose a practice, a plant, a healer, one of our choices for medicine and healing is is disappearing from that cabinet. So that's why if anybody does care that they should care, uh, not because it's this exotic other that should be preserved in in some kind of uh, glass box, but because there is application, um, first of all, to to curing some diseases, but also in terms of uh, ways of life. I learned a lot about indigenous practices and values um, and how they apply into our world today. You're seeing it now, you know, whether it's on the football field or in the boardroom, the Seattle Seahawks, you're practicing mindfulness, lots of people are talking about meditation, yoga, um, all these things uh, are available to us today because teachers committed to keeping them alive. And most all of our pharmaceuticals are actually based on 
these ancient medicines that's right and derived from them whether they're synthetically derived but they're they're originally from these these plant medicines exactly and we talk about sometimes because i'm you know i come from a different country so i may appear to be more exotic but i I just want to tell our listeners (laughs) i failed to say you were born in vietnam so so yes yes so i was born in the east and raised in the west but you know it wasn't many generations ago that that doctors in the United States, you know, would prescribe plant medicine, dandelion tea, or, you know, go have some of that in their bag before pharmaceuticals made a big push in this country. So I think this idea that it's this or that is, again, just a a perceived duality. It's not. In other words, I don't believe that people need to choose between ancient traditions and modern medicine. Just knowing that as part of our pharmacopoeia, we need to save our right to choice. And, and that's really what is the compelling argument about why this matters. Um, and then as an artist, these stories are very fascinating and beautiful and these traditions um, have so much to offer us in terms of how to live our lives. You know, Marie Rose, it reminds me of when we first started to realize some of the ancient languages were becoming lost. Yes. And some people started going around and taping d- these elders who were passing on. Yes. Because there's something in in the language, the culture of the language, that is preserved. More than just the words, there's something going on. Yes. Well, I think anybody who... Uh has heard mantras or practices meditation using mantras, we know that um, sound and syllables have an energetic frequency to them. And and then just on the practical level for people who don't believe in the energy of, of sound, um, we, as a writer, whenever you lose a language, you're losing another way to express something, a- another way for self-expression. And I think that's... Uh, that's something that, that is, is, is a great loss for us because we all see the world differently. I, I speak um, a few different languages, and I know there are some things I can't say in English that I can only say maybe in French. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that's what I do. <laughs> Sometimes I mix my languages and I just use creative license there in how I express go. myself. There you, go. <laughs> you know, I wanted to ask you, Marie Rose, um, it took you a long time to finish the film. Once it's all in the can, you've got all the footage, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. But it took you, why did it take so long to finish it? It, it took me 11 years, um, and I used to blame it on funding, which that is a reality. When you're an independent filmmaker, you know, you, you make the film as you get funding. So um, it, it, that was part of it. And But in truth, I think that it took me that long just to process all the healing transmissions, wisdom, and teachings that I was given in a very short, I was given those in a very short period of time. So I think it took that long for me to process it all and synthesize it into something that was authentic and to live it before I could share it. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Yes. To, to to really digest that beautiful meal that was given to me before I have the energy to share with others in a truthful way. And part of this was because you were not simply just an observer of these um, many these traditional healings and and all all the people, all the healers and shamans that you met, the lamas you met. 
you were not just sitting there and just saying, <laughs> okay, you know, roll tape and that's it. <laughs> right. And you're do behind your and you do your thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you actually were pulled into it early on that, that it, what, it was going to be experiential on your part. And there... You didn't have a choice. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I always say I was called out by every every healer I met, um, and they didn't. You know, they 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 wanted to have a, a shared experience, reciprocity, and not just my coming in and just asking them a bunch of questions. Which is, if you think about it, that's really quite odd. I mean, it's only in modern society in this kind of journalistic way that we speak that way, but. Nobody else does that, and not outside that arena. And so I was pulled in and every time challenged to, what are these gifts that you have? You know, why are you hiding? And um, so I became part of the story. And for a long time, part of the, the reason it took me so long to finish because I had this huge debate within myself, you know, uh, is it going to be a story about them? Is it going to be my personal story? Um, <clears throat> what I realized, of course, is it was our story. That the minute that you and I come into a space together, it's not Justine, it's not just Marie Rose, it's now it's us, a we. And so that finally got me over my fear of being disrespectful to the healers by including my own story. But I was convinced by many of the people in my life that I would be cheating my audience if I didn't include my personal journey and my own experience on this side uh, uh, in, in, in meeting these people and in receiving from them. I must admit that that it was very compelling then, because oh, it's like uh, then then you're standing in for us in that way. Yes, yes. I think that's the thing is um, sometimes people who know me now, after I've been blessed to have these practices and tools, and they think it's easy for me to have equanimity or it's easy for me to be selfless. Or uh, so are you kidding me? I mean, I sometimes want to flip people off on the freeway. <laughs> I just happen to have better tools than you, you know. So I, so I feel. Uh, in a way, obligated to share these tools because I'm so blessed by them. But it's, you know, it, it, and that's one of the things that I feel that when one becomes a spiritual explorer, it's not about a getting out of jail free card. It's about how to manage um, not seeing life as jail and, mm-hmm. and how to, to have better tools for relationship, better tools for relationship with self, with others, with nature, um, with the universe. How did you get these healers to trust you, to trust you with their 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 precious gifts that that you, you know, I mean, y- you could come in, you could film them, and then you can editorialize just by the kinds of edits you do. And we've seen that happen on TV yeah, a whole lot, or even movie making, all of it. Yes, that you know, it can get. It's not always representative of the person. So, how did you get the healers and the teachers to trust you? I think I think having been uh, the other uh, in, in my life, uh, I was very committed to not making anyone else feel like an other, and to really understand where they're coming from and respect where they're coming from. Um, and even though uh, I had so many and still do so many human frailties and wounds, they saw beyond that. And and I think they saw my intention 
was pure. In fact, they would tell me, we see your heart is pure. And when I said, well, you know, I did have to go through this gauntlet of gatekeepers, you know, what do you want to do with the healer? Why do you want to see him or her? Um, What are you going to do with the information they give you? What's your intention? And each time I said, it is to share. It is Mm -hmm. to share with Mm -hmm. others who may not be able to be in your presence, who may never be able to travel here um, and to take what you have and bring it to others. And there have been cases where people have come in and done some filming like that and they're making a lot of money off of Mm -hmm. it or Mm -hmm. something like that. And so it gets kind of corrupted in that way. And that that has not been your basic uh, intention or reason for doing no, this. No, what? definitely. Yeah, this, this was definitely a labor of love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have given it everything I've ever had. And it has, of course, given me things uh, manifold. But I think that my intention is just to share these things. Be- why? I mean, I guess the selfish part of it is I do want to live in a better world. I do want to be surrounded by kinder people. So the more that people use these tools, you know, the better off we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I saw this quote recently from uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, our beautiful um, Vietnamese and Buddhist monk, who said that, you know, anger is someone not managing their suffering. Oh, and I thought, oh, yeah. thank you for reminding me. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, someone's raging at you and yelling at you and flipping you off on the freeway. or, And you think, what is wrong with you? You know, then you want to get mad at them. But he said, if you remember that they, they, they're just not managing their suffering well, then it's it's not personal. Yeah. And um, I try to remember that for myself, too, to have compassion for self uh, and whenever I have conflict. So I say that because the more that we learn from these teachers... Um, the better chance we have of living in the world that we want to live in. Can you leave us with anything that you have learned, the lesson or at least one lesson that pops out for you that you have learned in this whole process? I say this often, but I think it's worth repeating, which is that no matter what you endeavor to do, be committed. Be all in. Play to win. A lot of times, uh, whether you're exploring dancing or tennis or, or, or spirituality or growth, if you do it as a tasting menu, you're not going to get the same result as if you say, I'm committed, I'm going to do this. And that's how I was able to have the experiences I had because, again, the healers felt my heart, but they also knew of my commitment. I mean, after 11 years, I believe me, I wanted to give up a lot of times, and um, and I didn't. And so I feel that in any endeavor that's worth doing, you know, start by being committed. Don't wait to commit after you want to explore if it's worthwhile. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Oh, Marie Rose, I want to thank you so much for being on the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. It was our pleasure as well. I've been here with Marie Rose von Ley, and I want to spell her name uh, Marie-Rose her last name, it's a Vietnamese name, Phan Le, P-H-A-N-L-E, Marie Rose Phan Le. And it's, um, if you want to know more about her work and her book and her film called Talking Story, One Woman's Quest to Preserve Ancient Spiritual and Healing Traditions, you can go to her website, marierose.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe, and I 
invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org.